The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is sponsored by UnityVillage.org. Songwriter Karen Drucker returns to Unity Village with A Woman's Time Out Retreat, September 19th to 22nd. Learn more at UnityVillage.org forward slash events calendar. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Happy Solstice and Merry Christmika and Happy Kwanzaa and New Year and all the other things that are going on right now. It's really exciting. I get into this time of year and to do this show today, I have turned on all the lights. So we've got the tree lights and the manger lights and the buffet lights. They're red. I don't know why they're red. Yes, I do. It's because the CVS was out of any other color. So I just have a little Christmas wonderland here to put me in the mood for having a little holiday party with you. After the break, we're going to be talking about something that I really believe constitutes a great big present for any vegetarian or vegan, and that is we're going to get the skinny on soy Are you getting tired of having people ask you soy questions? It's so funny. Nobody picks on fava beans or gorbanzo beans. It's only soy beans. So we're going to learn all about that with Marie Ozer of VegTV after the break. But right now, we're going to be doing some other stuff. And I'm going to start with a word from the good Folks at Vegan Outreach, you know that they've been sponsoring us for the past some weeks, and they have big plans to persuade many more people to go vegan in 2017, and Vegan Outreach needs our help. Their matching donation challenge is almost over, and that means you don't have much time left to donate and have your gift matched to to double your impact for animals. So if you've been meaning to donate and you haven't gotten around to that yet, would you please do it now? Your tax-deductible donation could mean the difference between a young person learning about vegan living or not learning about it. So go now to veganoutreach.org and click Donate. Thank you very much and happy, happy holidays to the good people at Vegan Outreach. Also want to direct your attention to the blog over at MainStreetVegan.net because today our blog writer is none other than the inimitable J.L. Fields. You know her from her pressure cooking cookbook. She's about to have an air fryer cookbook come out. She's my co author on the uh, Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook that will be out a year from now and on today's blog at MainStreetVegan.net slash blog, J.L. Fields is giving us, because she loves us, her holiday recipes. Get better recipes than a J.L. And now I'd like to introduce you to someone very special. I met Catherine Green this summer 
at the Erie Veg Fest in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I was so excited to see her table at the festival because I've been looking for an organization like hers to feature on the program, particularly at this time of year. Catherine is involved with the Compassionate Actions Project, CAP. They are a nonprofit in Erie, a healthful healing plant-based food pantry run entirely by volunteers. And since July of 2017, they have been feeding 40 to 60 eligible people plant-based foods monthly at the Mental Health Association. And interestingly enough, the idea for the Compassionate Actions Project Food Pantry was inspired through prayer and meditation. You never know where your best ideas will come from, but that's certainly a good place. Welcome, Catherine Green. Hello, everyone. Hi, Victoria. It's just lovely to hear from you. I'm just so excited and happy about what you're doing and very excited that this idea is going to spread. So tell us why you started this and how it's it's going. Well, I've always believed in volunteer work, and I started volunteering for soup kitchens and food pantries many years ago. And the food pantries I helped, I noticed a lot of the food was not very nutritious for the people. And I got thinking to myself, wouldn't it be nice to start a healthy food pantry? And um, like you said, through a lot of prayer and meditation, the idea of the Compassionate Actions Project food pantry was born. So, well, going real well. Well, and it serves such a need, certainly for the people that you're feeding, but also for people who want to help feed the hungry, help the needy. I think we think about that more this time of year. We ought to be thinking about it all year. And yet for those of us who are vegan, it's such a pull because we know that a lot of these organizations do so much good, but they're also killing animals. And so it feels like if we donate to them, our our money is doing something good on the one hand and something bad on the other hand. So you're really offering an option. So tell us, how does your food pantry differ from others? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, we're a lot of the food pantry is very similar to other food pantries, only we only offer nutritious foods like fresh and canned vegetables and fruits, foods like oatmeal, spaghetti sauce, peanut butter, beans. And the nice thing about CAP is we are not contributing to any unnecessary abuse inflicted upon farm and sea animals that's like mainly used in the food industry today and uh, we're real proud of that well as well you should be it's very interesting that i think it was mahatma gandhi who said means and ends are exchangeable terms in my philosophy of life and, of course, we need to feed people, but if we can feed them in a way that doesn't have any cruelty in its history, then it just seems like it's all going to go a lot farther, not to mention that you're actually doing something that's healthy for the people. So was it easy? Did you just get this idea and start it up, or were there some struggles? Um, well, there were some struggles. Um, incorporating and getting the 501c status that was the easier part finding a suitable location that was another story it took me three long years and lots of prayer and meditation and I met some people at the mental health association and they said you know we really could use a healthy food pantry for our members And uh, I've been there open now for two and a half years and feel really blessed to be there. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. I think sometimes when something is right, it just happens. I always remember listening to a cassette tape, so you know how far back that goes, from Louise Hay, and she was talking about looking for an apartment. And she said that everywhere she looked, these apartments were just horrible. And she looked and looked and looked. And when she finally found the right one, it was in a brand new building that didn't even exist when she started looking. So sometimes I think uh, the right thing might take a while. That probably also applies to dating. So how are the food drives going out there in Erie? The food drives are going great, Victoria. Um We've had several local businesses have cat food drives, and a few have been really large. And the food drives, they really help the public. Um, You know, it helps to educate the public. We have a PDF file with a list of foods on our website, and it it just uh, gives suggestions of the foods that people could bring because a lot of the people that, I mean, they have good hearts. They want to help, you know, low-income people, but a plant-based food pantry is new to them. So we have a long list of foods, and the businesses post it at their business, and then it gives people ideas of what they can, you know, how they can help us and it's it's been wonderful it really has the food drives are are such a blessing and so you're really educating both the people who are eating the food and the people who are donating it yeah it's great it really is um and you know i don't really think people there i haven't found anyone against a plant-based food pantry, it's just also new to people. And there's just so many foods that are not animal-based. And and I think a lot of people are really surprised when they they find out, oh, yeah, we could be eating this, or, you know, we can take that to a food drive for her. And um, so, yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's it's just um, I would really like to see more plant-based food pantries start popping up all over the place. Well, people uh, need to go to your website. Now, do you like to send them where? To the allcreatures.org or where should people look for information about what you're doing? Um, well, we have our own website. Okay. Um, www.compassionateactions, there's an S on the end of action, actionsproject.org. Okay. uh, So that's our website, and we do have a Facebook page. So, and people can also contact me through either. And uh, anyone out there that wants to have a food drive or if they're interested in starting their own plant-based food pantry, I would love to hear from them. Okay. So you are Catherine Green, and the website is CompassionateActionsProject.org. And on Facebook, it's also Compassionate Actions Project? Yes, it is. Okay, okay, excellent. And it's very cool that I see here on one of the pages of your website, you have a perfect quotation from Dr. Michael Greger, the most ethical diet just so happens to be the most environmentally sound diet and just so happens to be the healthiest. Yes, I love that. (laughs) I love that quote. So have you ever had any of the people receiving the food say, well, where's the meat? We have uh, a few people. Uh, it's It really doesn't seem to be an issue, though. Honestly, we have such a wide selection of foods that I get more comments uh, on how they can, what they can add to their split pea soup than uh, where's the meat. Honestly, they're, you know, so... I just I just say, well, you know, there's other things you can add, too, you know, because a lot of us, like, 
I think some people crave the fat in food sometimes. Mm-hmm. It gives mm-hmm. more, I don't know, I don't miss it. But I say, well, you can always add a little uh, plant-based margarine, and there's different types of milk you could add. And it's it's interesting because my husband introduced me to adding hot sauce to split pea soup. And Ooh. it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, but, yeah, I really, I, it's not really a problem. Since we've been open, I think... There have been two people that have asked if we had any, uh, I think it was vegetarian baked beans. They wanted the kind with meat in them. And I said, no, I'm sorry, we don't, we don't offer that here. But for the most part, people are so thankful for the foods and everyone, they're welcome to a full bag of foods. And, uh, so that hasn't been a, an issue. Oh, that's wonderful. So CAP is an all-volunteer organization. Are your volunteers all vegetarians? I'd like to say yes, but no, they're not. Uh, we do have some that are vegetarian, and we have a, uh, several that are vegan. Uh, but CAP is volunteer-run, and we have no paid employees. So we have volunteers in the community, and many of the people at the Mental Health Association, they volunteer a lot of time to keep the food pantry open. And I appreciate everyone's help so much because I certainly couldn't do it alone. Well, we certainly appreciate that you had this idea, and I I do hope it's one that spreads all over this country and around the world, and I hope that people will be contacting you through CompassionateActionsProject.org and the Compassionate Actions Project page on Facebook um, to get information for starting something like this, also to tell you, hey, we've got something like this going in our town, maybe we can trade ideas, and uh, we'll just feed more people and save more animals so thank you so much Catherine and blessings on your holiday season thank you Victoria all the best all the best to you and your listeners God bless you all thanks so much and everybody else have you wondered about soy well wonder no more (laughs) stay right with us and we'll be back with the skinny on soy If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? 
Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If every day were Christmas, how different life would be. If not one day, but all the year were ruled by charity. Had we the faith in miracles a child has Christmas morn, each day would be love's manger, and Christ would be reborn in us again to change and heal our outworn wars and ways. Had we a child's or shepherd's gift for wonderment and praise. Yet every day is Christmas when we've learned to live by love's law, learn not how to get, but only how to give. And like a child can wonder and like a child can pray, but have the grown-up wisdom to give ourselves away. James Dillett Freeman expressed the joy, love, and faith of children on Christmas morning in his poem, If Every Day Were Christmas. We invite you to feel the same childish wonder in your heart this Christmas with our page at unity.org slash Christmas. Celebrate the season with unity. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. If I sound shocked, it's because our next guest, Marie Ozer, just shared her age with me. <laughs> and I'm not going to share it because that's not what we do. But, oh, my gosh, I'm looking at her picture on the cover of her brand new book. And now I know how long she's been on this planet. And I just have to say, you know, you go vegan you don't necessarily turn into some kind of supermodel, but golly, the years treat you well. So welcome for that reason and so many others to Marie Ozer. Marie has been vegetarian since 1971, vegan since 1990. She's a best-selling author and healthy lifestyle expert, president, host, and executive producer of Veg TV. that's VegTV.com, and managing editor at ecome.com, a leading environmental site and popular blog channel, The Food and Health Alternative. Marie lives in Southern California, and The Skinny on Soy is her fifth book. Welcome, Marie. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. Well, it's absolutely wonderful to have you and actually to talk to you for the first time, even though we've had these parallel lives of being vegetarian back in the 70s and both of us writing for vegetarian times, but never meeting. So we're meeting today. That's good. That's the beauty of the Internet. You know, you can you can know people in in a virtual way <laughs> without actually having met them. Um, but I'm, I'm really delighted to be here. Your podcast is very exciting. Oh, thank you. Well, I am so excited that you wrote this book and also the way that you wrote it, because everybody listening knows that maybe next to where do you get your protein is, oh, well, I can't be vegan because, you know, the soy. And the way you have done each chapter is rumor, colon, (laughs) and then you are debunking the many rumors. So let's start at the beginning why soy? What's good? And then what happened? Well, you know, soy is a, it's a standout among legumes. Certainly, beans, legumes. It, it's it, these are, are, are wonderful um, uh, sources of of high level nutrients. Lots of fiber, saturated. Lots of fiber. Very little of negligible saturated fat. The fat that they have is good fat, but soy has 
But Wonderfly is a, an, a high level of isoflavones, and those isoflavones have have uh, wonderful properties. Uh, the antioxidants, the phyto uh, the phytochemicals in soy are unique, and um, the um, uh, unlike. Um, uh, most plant foods, have, they have uh, the soybean rather, uh, contains uh, the full panel of amino acids. The 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 protein in soy is is uh, of the same quality um, um, uh, of meat, eggs, milk, or cheese, or any of those things in the in the animal product realm that people would point to to say, oh, that's you know we have to have that. Well, they don't have to have that. Soy is a is a, a wonderful alternative. I say it's the the kitchen chameleon. Now. Um, Back in in the late nineties, and perhaps in nineteen ninety six, um, you know, so it, yes, it was nineteen ninety six. I remember John Anderson came out in nineteen ninety. It was ninety six because uh, the the uh, the soy of cooking, a, a bestseller of mine, came out in nineteen ninety six, and um, um, it was a lot of what I wrote then was based on his research, which showed that the soy that soy protein um, was uh, very beneficial to heart health. Uh, that uh, when you consume soy, uh, the the soy protein has the effect of lowering the LDL, the bad cholesterol, uh, while uh, not 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 lowering the HDL cholesterol and lowering the total. Uh, um, um, the, the total the total level of cholesterol in the bloodstream and and the, the higher it showed too very interestingly that the higher the the level of your your cholesterol like if it was two hundred I'm sorry if it was like three hundred the, the 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 more powerful the soy was and the more dramatic would be the drop so that came out in the late nineties and um, um, you know it, it, it's almost like um, you know, a celebrity will become very popular, and, and they will have a and the, and the the media will be mooning over them and and for a, for a time, and then the pendulum swings the other way. Uh, there was there is still a, a, a handful of people who have um, made a cottage industry out of bashing soy. Uh, they have um, uh, they are uh, representative. They represent. Um, cattle, cattle ranchers and, and dairy farmers. And they came out with some, uh, with books and articles that had, that, that contained frightening claims. And I believe a lot of this, um, uh, was, was, uh, generated because back in, um, I, I often point to back in 1996, I believe it was, John Stossel, who had, uh, who was very popular, had segments on, um, had very popular segments rather on 2020. Did one uh, a, a um, blind taste test in the supermarket um, not long after um, Silk Soy Milk, White Wave Silk Soy Milk, uh, had gotten into. Which anyone who knows the food business, it's not easy to get into the cold case or on the shelf in supermarkets. But they did. They got into the cold case with their soy milk in gable top containers, and those gable top containers are the the uh, cartons, the milk carton, you know, it looks like a milk carton. So right next to the milk, they were sold right in the dairy case. And um, in, in these blind taste tests, people actually liked soy milk better than they liked the cow milk. And um, um, uh, so mainstream consumers had the opportunity to uh, to purchase soy milk, to try it, and they liked it. Uh, now, um, I can tell you to this day that the dairy industry is suffering an eroding bottom line. And uh, that bottom line is, um, um, is still eroding, and uh, the people... People are people are just not drinking milk. They're not eating animal products in the same way that they once did. And um, uh, I believe that a lot of uh, what has been generated uh, because uh, against soy, because soy foods are, have, I call them the kitchen chameleon. Uh, not only the traditional soy foods, but uh, I say that manufacturers have really stepped up to the plate in in creating um, uh, wonderful alternatives for people who uh, need transitional foods or for any of us who, who want to uh, add more 
uh, texture and variety to the plant-based diet, um, who want to be able to create uh, traditional meals that are, we recognize and people like for our family and friends. So, um, so I became a target, and, and it still is to this day. Well, it, it is for sure. And I love how you say cow milk. I just think we could we could do so much if we just started calling the cow the cow. This is cow milk. I also that reminds me someone wrote in and said that there was a slip of the tongue on last week's program when we were talking to the lovely ladies from dairydetox.com that it was said that there are 9 billion dairy cows in the United States. There are 9 million and the the listener wrote in and said now one would be too many, but just to be clear, Nine million, so that's nine million too many. So tell us, Marie, from a health point of view, soy has phytoestrogens. That seems Mm -hmm. to be what the detractors pick on. And yet early on, what we heard was that those phytoestrogens were helpful. Can you explain that? Well, I sometimes wish they had called it something else. The isoflavones in soy, in the soybean, um, are phytoestrogens. They phyto meaning uh, in Greek it means plant, so they're plant estrogens. These plant estrogens are 1,000 times weaker than human estrogen. They are not phytoestrogens are not human estrogen. However, the body will recognize phytoestrogens as as an estrogen and will um, uh, allow all part or all of the um, uh, phytoestrogen into the cell uh, to replace the human estrogen in the body. So when you are um, uh, consuming soy products, soy milk, tofu, tempeh, even the analogs, um, what you're actually doing is reducing the amount of estrogen in your body dramatically. Now, why is that a good thing? It's a good thing because human estrogen has been linked to um, the development of, um, of uh, sex-related cancers, cancer of the breast, prostate, prostate, sorry, and such. And um, um, so you want to limit the amount of estrogen in your body. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that people who are eating animal products and they're drinking cow milk uh, are uh, increasing the estrogen in their body. Their body is being stimulated to produce more estrogen. So, uh, you know, like uh, like a lot of what, what the soy bashers say, the opposite is actually the case. Now, what they... What they weave their stories around is uh, is the theoretical theoretical assumption that these are estrogens, and if you consume estrogens, you're adding to the estrogen load on your body. It is not true. It is just not true. So who are these people? I know that uh, you've mentioned a couple of places in the book, the Weston Price Foundation, and this just seems almost like a kind of secret society. I mean, what we do know about them is they don't like vegetarians and vegans very much, but mm-hmm. why don't they just eat what they want to eat and leave other people alone? Can you give us any kind of uh, inside track on that? Well, you know, um, the Weston Price Foundation um, has uh, represents chapters of of uh, cattle ranchers and dairy farmers around the country. And um, as I mentioned before, particularly the dairy industry is, is, uh, is struggling. They really are struggling. Um, uh, for those who are not aware, um, the, the dairy industry and, uh, and, and animal agriculture in general are not, sus- are not sustainable business models. They cannot... They cannot um, um, operate in, in, you know, in the black on their own. So um, there are a tremendous amount of government subsidies that prop them up, pretty much. Uh, and their eroding bottom line is is causing, um, a, a, you know, a, 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 well, it's causing some serious business difficulties in, in, in going forward. A lot of dairies are closing. Particularly, you know, particularly dairies. Um, the Weston Price Foundation 
um, has, has made a, um, um, a campaign of, um, of bringing down soy. Uh, they see soy foods as um, a, uh, an assault on their way of life. And, um, yes, it would be fine if they would just leave us alone, but basically they feel that they are fighting for their survival economically. Um, and instead of, you know, if, if, if I'm running a business and it's not making any money, I'm either going to make adjustments in my business or I'm going to find another product to sell or another, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make some adjustments in what I'm doing. But uh, they've chosen to uh, uh, take on an entire industry. It's the Weston Price Foundation, the Soy Online Service out of out of um, uh, New Zealand. Uh, these are just uh, these are small potato people. These are not huge conglomerates. Um, and um, the other thing that uh, that people do not realize, I believe, is that while we are the largest uh, supplier of soybeans. Uh, producer of soybeans in the world, although I, I always couch that now because Brazil is right on our heels. Um, the um, 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 it, it's not a gi- ginormous industry; it's a small industry by comparison to agribusiness or, or you know the or, or any of the other um, uh, large conglomerates out there, Dupont or something like that. Uh, and uh, ninety more than ninety percent of the soybeans um, uh, in the world go to animal feed. Uh, so, um, I mean, that's where their business lies. They actually are supporting the agriculture business because that's where they sell most of their soybeans. Um, so uh, I believe that these people are really misguided. Well, they're certainly misguided in what they're saying and doing. They're, they're, what they're saying is, is has no basis, in fact, uh, on any level. And um, I, I interview, I'm sorry, let me try that again. I interview... 23 research scientists, prominent research scientists like Colin Campbell and Mark Messina, who's a premier soy, you know, soy researcher, um, uh, John Anderson, of course, and uh, Neil Barnard, uh, for instance. Michael Greger wrote the foreword for my book. Um, so, uh, you know, we we just uh, take each one of these uh, uh, rumors, each one of these claims apart. You know, uh, you, you know, level by level, in a very, um, in a very um, uh, measured way. Uh, it's it's an easy read. I don't want to help people to think it's some kind of tome. The skinny. Oh story. no, it's. You know, it's a skinny book. It's got you know a couple hundred pages, and there's a there's a whole chapter that in that in in, in plain, understandable English describes the. Um, uh, the uh, scientific study, the study process, the models, how they're done, and it's it, you're fascinating, fascinating to me. I I, I love that stuff. Well, and, and it, it is a fascinating book to read, a very easy book to read, even though you've got all the scientific facts here, and it's very interesting. In each chapter, you've got the general rumor, and then you break it down into all these subclaims, which is so helpful for any of us who are asked these questions a, a lot of the time. We could just kind of go through and learn what you talk about. So just on an overall broad level, if it's okay, I'm just going to mention a few of the rumors and let you give the the mini uh, response to that. So the okay. first one that that we hear is soy causes breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there were a couple of studies, two studies done, I believe by the same people, yes, by the same people, um, a number of years ago, that, uh, and their conclusion from those studies was that um, um, uh, what are called estrogen-dependent tumors, breast tumors, um, would grow if you would eat soy. Again, the theoretical, you know, the theoretical idea that, you know, that phytoestrogens are actually estrogen and it's going to feed the, the tumor or whatever. There have been studies done since then that show that is not the case. It's never been replicated by anyone else. And um, uh, what has been shown uh, there was a study, a, a huge study done out of China that showed that women who had breast cancer, who were suffering from breast cancer, they, there, were, there were studies done, they were put in separate groups, that those that were eating soy foods, those that were eating soy foods had a better chance of survival, had a better recovery, so that you can live longer. Um, and again, the, the opposite was true. 
Okay. How about feminizing men? Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. You don't, you don't want guys to be out there getting all nervous. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, so that's something that we hear all the time. Again, the, the claim being that uh, when you consume soy foods, the phytoestrogens will disrupt the hormones in your body in some way. Um, I can tell you anecdotally <laughs> that if you look to the East, looked at China, the only company, I'm sorry, the only country on earth that has been forced to um, enforce, let me start that again, China is the only country on earth that has instituted laws enforcing birth control because they have too many people. No one in Asia seems to have an issue with sperm count. You know, no one in Asia seems to be um, uh, in any way compromised uh, regarding their their um, uh, uh, reproductive, you know, development. They, there's not been a problem there at all. And I can quote um, Dr. Mark Messina, as I said, who who is a premier researcher on soy uh, with soy. Uh, he had some. He, he had a, a study published in oh, the journal was uh, fertility and sterility. Right, right, right. So he evaluated all the clinical evidence, right, and and so um, the uh, regarding the isoflavone um, uh, exposure in either supplements or soy foods. But it showed that isoflavones don't have any feminizing effects on men at intake levels equal to and even considerably higher than the typical Asian male. So, you know, what he said was, and this is a direct quote in my mind, I hope, in contrast to the results of some of the studies that were out there, um, um, you know, they were rodent studies. And findings from, like, the, the recently published metadata that he did um, and, 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 and they, of course, the subsequent analysis, uh, they show that neither isoflavone sub, sub, supplements nor isoflavone-rich soy affect the total or the free testosterone levels, which would be the gauge. Fascinating. And, and finally, GMOs. People will say you can't find soy products that aren't GMO. Yeah, well, they haven't looked <laughs> because, um, and, and one, on the one hand, as I mentioned before, nine, more than 90% of the crop goes to animal feed. What is out there for human consumption? I would say two things. One, if you buy organic soy products, organic soy, those, those soybeans, those soy products will be non-GMO. If you buy Soy products that are labeled non-GMO, they will be non-GMO. You don't want non, you don't want GMOs in your body because, well, we, we just don't know what they are. I mean, I can't say definitively, oh my God, you know, because, because a lot of the, um, a, a lot of the press, you know, that's been circulating around that sounds pretty hysterical to me. But I would say that you know people need to um, people need to um, uh, have be able to have a choice. And yes, you want to choose non-GMO soy because, as I said, we don't know what that is. Uh, and um, uh, and um, uh, either you you buy soy that has been labeled either on the website or on the packaging or whatever uh, uh, non-GMO or buy organic soy. It's not an issue, really. It's a non-issue. It's something that, you know, carnists are out there saying. They point to all these reasons why they they couldn't possibly, you know, for them, you know, for them, GMO anything would be a step up compared to what they're putting into their bodies. So, you know, they're usually the people who are up in arms, not, not those of us who are paying attention. So true. Now, I know that when we're talking about the the reproductive capacity and you were talking about Asia and one of the responses that I think vegetarians and vegans have given for a long time on soy is, yeah, but it's been a staple in Asia for millennia and Mm -hmm. they're thriving. And yet now a lot of the detractors are saying, well, Asians don't really eat much soy. How much soy do Asians eat? A lot. <laughs> a lot. You know, um, if you were to go to China and say that or Japan, they'd laugh you out of the country. They really would. Um, the way, what, what these people have done, and this is one of the most unethical, well, no, everything they've done is just, it's all lies. Um, they, what they've done is instead of quoting the volume 
of what people are actually eating, they are looking to the amount of soy protein, you know, the kind of stuff you'd see on the back of the package that says nutrition facts. So they're, they're saying that, oh, well, you know, they don't eat more than 14 or 15 or 20 grams of soy a day. Well, what do you, you know, well, I want to say that, you know, a tablespoon has 14 grams. What do you eat? What food could you possibly eat a tablespoon or two of in your day? It's not possible. So a, a cup of soy milk has, contains eight grams of, a cup of soy milk contains eight grams of soy protein. Uh, tofu can have maybe 14 grams, the super firm tofu, uh, it, it, basically. That's what they're quoting. They're saying, you know, if someone is eating, you know, a, a serving, a, a glass of soy milk, they're, they're, they're having eight grams. I will tell you that in Japan, every morning they start the day with miso soup, which also has some cubes of silken tofu in it. They, they, they've been eating soy ice cream for years. They don't really have traditional, you know, soy diet, the traditional Asian diet doesn't really have, like, dairy in it. Um, they have a plethora of soy products, so many things uh, in their diet, and they eat soy every day, just like I do. I eat it once or twice every day, and so do they, uh, and they are thriving. The Okinawans, who are the longest living and the healthiest people on the planet, they have soy regularly, all the time, every day. So um, that, that that was one thing, you know. That was the only way that they could that they could come up against such obvious obvious evidence, uh, the anecdotal evidence of of uh, a millennia uh, of uh, of a culture, the Asian culture, eating soy um, uh, many times uh, a day, uh, and then then being very and being far healthier than those in this country who are on the standard American diet. And it is fascinating how you address all, all of the rumors. And you have a quotation from Winston Churchill that says, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. <laughs> and yeah. now with the Internet, it's probably a, a lot quicker than that. So the yeah. skinny on soy, get the book, look at her picture. <laughs> the front cover be amazed and uh, marie tell us some of the other things that you're up to i know many of our leaders are from written many of our listeners are familiar with veg tv but not everyone so tell us about that well veg tv um has been out there for oh my goodness uh, since the late 90s we've been streaming video uh since it was a new concept uh, uh, there are nine channels on VegTV.com, uh, celebrities, health, um, um, uh, recipes, raw foods, uh, animal uh, welfare. Um, there's lots of, lots of great videos. In fact, I just looked today, I was looking at something, I would say about a thousand videos. Looks like there's a thousand nine videos up there right now. And, wow. um, we do a lot of, we interview celebrities, of course, everyone loves that, uh, lots of great recipes, everything is vegan, uh, and um, I'm out there at trade shows several times a year finding uh, the latest and the greatest uh, uh, vegan products, plant-based products that are on the market, uh, uh, doing, shooting videos around them, uh, uh, interviewing uh, principals from companies that are uh, about to launch products uh, before they even come on the market. An exciting life, and right, you yeah, have. Like, <laughs> you would think, yeah. but you know, it's just it's just like everything else. I work every day, seven days a week, and I love what I do. So it's not like a job. And uh, Veg TV and being managing editor at EcoMe, there are great articles there on the food and health alternative. This is my life, and um, and um, I've dedicated my life to um, uh, promoting um, uh, vegan issues, uh, promoting uh, health and well. The focus of my of my work is nutrition and its role in disease prevention, and uh, certainly the vegan diet is the optimal diet. And um, uh, for me, um, every meal that every plant based meal that a person eats is to the good, and it helps. Um, and and I hope one day I live um, to see a vegan world where animals are, are aren't you know slaughtered for human consumption. 
that's a great day. Then we need to just eat our soy and all our fruits and veggies <laughs> so that we can be here to see that. Oh, I did have another soy question, Marie. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll hear, well, soy is okay if you eat tempeh. It's like it has to be fermented. Uh, that, that somehow magically takes away all of these terrible things about it. So what's the answer uh, on the fermentation question? Yeah, well, these people, I have to say, these people, uh, Bill Shirtliff, who, uh, who, uh, runs the soy, uh, the soy info, uh, uh, center online, uh, he is, he is a, he has been a premier soy expert and soy advocate for, I don't know, 30 years. You might know Bill. Uh, he had the book of tofu and the book of tempeh and all of that. He lived in, in Asia for a while, uh, for years. And um, uh, what he has said was, he, he, these are the first person on the pl- the, these are the first people on the planet who have ever put forth the uh, the um, idea that somehow fermented soy is the only the only safe way to eat it uh, to eat soy. Again, people would just I don't know. The thing is, there are um, in not just soy, but in um, um, uh, all seeds pretty much have substances uh, that are there for the for the germination of the seed to, and to protect it from predators. In soy, there are there are lectins and hemagglutinin is one and um, um, phytates. They will always point to those. Some of these are what they call trypsin inhibitors, inhibit the, you know the absorption of of. Uh, of 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 uh, nutrients uh and and um the fact is that these substances are there while the seed is germinating and they dissipate as the seed matures uh anything and 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 anything that is left is is um uh, pretty much uh, uh dissipated denatured by cooking. Now, we have all known for 10,000 years, people have known that you have to cook beans before you eat them. And so what these people are doing are, are looking at the raw food stuff and saying, if you eat that, well, no one is eating that. No one can eat that. You can't eat a raw soybean. You have to cook it. Um, you can't eat raw grains. You have to cook it. it you, you have to cook them because, um, you, you, well, imagine eating like little stones. That's what it would be like. Dried soybeans in the field are like hard as a rock. Uh, so you need to cook these things in order to eat them. This is a non-issue. The thing is, too, about fermented soy foods, if you have a soy allergy um, or if you have trouble digesting soy, then something like tempeh or miso will be easier for you to digest that's true, uh, and um, uh, but other than that, uh, and and they're wonderful. I would say I love tempeh. Uh, it's a great um, it's a great food if you want to um, um, you want to turn a meat eater on to 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 uh, plant based foods. Meat eaters love the texture. Uh, I will tell you that the one thing you need to do, and well, a lot of people don't seem to know this, but when you bring home the uh, the tempeh. In the package, usually an eight-ounce package, shrink-wrapped. Uh, if you're not going to throw it right in the freezer, uh, and you know what you're going to do is you're going to cube it up and steam it for 15 minutes before you put it into a recipe. So if you're going to use it right away, you're going to steam it then. And even if you're not going to use it right away, you steam it, put it in a covered container in the refrigerator, uh, and it will stay there for. It will keep there for five days uh, before you incorporate it into a great stir fry or even. Like I like to say, even um, I just slather some barbecue sauce on it and stick it under the broiler. Mm, or a tempeh Reuben. You can't beat a good tempeh Reuben with some fabulous Miyoko's or tree line, <laughs> some kind of mm-hmm. wonderful cheese. Marie, Arthur, thank you so much. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your longevity in this movement and for this fabulous little book. Anybody listening live who's still got some last minute shopping to do, get the skinny on soy because it it can fit in a good size stocking and it can answer so many questions for people. You'll be giving the gift of freedom from confusion. The website is 
<laughs> is VegTV.com. And uh, Marie is smart enough to be the same all over the Internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, VegTV. So find her all these places. Follow her. Become a fan. I'm a fan already. Thank you so much, Marie. Thank you for being part of the program. Thank you, Unity Online Radio, for hosting us for yet another year. We started this podcast back in 2012, so we're going to be entering, gosh, is it our fifth year, our sixth year? I don't know. It's a long time. It's a lot of shows, and we do have a wonderful archive so you can go to unity online radio or you can go to mainstreetvegan.net and click on podcast and you can find all of the programs going back to 2012 and why that could be important to you right about now is that we're going to go on vacation we're going to let jeff comfort there at unity online radio out to vacation spend some time with his dogs and we will be back with our next live program in the new year january 11th and i want to let you know that the three shows in january are going to be about new year's resolutions we're going to be helping you with all the things that people say oh this year i'm going to be fitter this year i'm going to get my weight where i want it this year i'm really going to get my health and We're going to talk about all those things with some absolutely fabulous, fabulous guests. And in the meantime, if you go to the show notes at uh, MainStreetVegan.net, not only will we have all the information about Marie Ozer and about the Compassionate Actions Project Food Pantry, but I will also give you a list of shows worth repeating. And that is the shows that we did in 2016 that were just so delicious that if you miss them, I hope you'll have a listen, and if you listened, well, they might be worth repeating to you, too. Thank you so very much for being part of everything that we do. Blessings to you and your family for the holidays, and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. can choose to focus on what you perceive as lacking in your life, or you can change your outlook. You can become wise to wonderful ways of playing the game of life. Count your blessings. Instead of focusing on what you believe is missing, let yourself become aware of how truly blessed you already are. This is the way to build an attitude of gratitude. Give thanks for all of the abundance you're presently enjoying, and for the abundance of every good thing that's on its way to you. Everything you need to be happy is already within you, waiting to be discovered. Unlimited happiness and fulfillment can be yours. Unlock the door to undiscovered treasure by building an attitude of gratitude. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. If I were brave, I'd walk the races with where fools and
is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.